It is my privilege to invite you to today's sermon podcast. I have made the Apostle Paul's prayer request my own. When he states in Ephesians six nineteen, pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, the words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. May today's sermon come alive to you and aid you in your understanding of God's plan for your life. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. I, I love those two words. All week long, when people say to me, Happy Holidays, I look at them, I smile, and I say, Merry Christmas. Sometimes I say, Merry Christmas. I sense what's in their spirit. And if I can focus on the Jesus, the reason for the season, amen? It's okay to say, Merry Christmas. Focus on the big thing. It's not the must. It's the Christ, Jesus. Merry Christmas. Wow. Well, we've been reading all month long, in case you're new to us as a congregation. We've been reading through the book of Revelation. And this week, week four, we should have pretty much finished up reading through the entire book. How many of you have gotten all the way through the book? Put your hands up. Let me see. Got a bunch of you. Good. How many of you got most of the way? You got a little bit more to do. Good. Good. How many of you just haven't read anything at all? Some of you aren't putting your hands up. Either it's too dark out there or what? But, uh, I see that. I'll pray for you, brother. My, my brother. Okay. You got one confession back there of a sinner gone awry. So, uh, yeah. Two passages this morning I, I want to draw our attention to and One of them is in the last chapter, the last words of Jesus in this book of Revelation. The first passage comes from Matthew chapter 2, and Zach and Nicole read that for us and their family. It uh, is a passage that, well, I love reading the Christmas story and hearing the Christmas story read. It's just a a wonderful thing, Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 12. One of the phrases that sticks out to me is this phrase, uh, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced with great joy. Here's the star, what we call the star of Bethlehem. And I want to focus a little bit this morning on the star. Um, and, And you're going to find when we read the last words of Jesus... I find it very interesting. The last thing Jesus says about himself is he gives himself the name. The bright morning star. You guessed it. Jesus. In fact, there's only two places in the entire Bible where Jesus refers to himself as Jesus. This is one of them. Uh, The other is on the road to Emmaus. Jesus calls himself the bright morning star. Now, you'll notice that when we read the word of God this morning. So, since we've already read Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 12, I want us to focus on four verses from the book of Revelation in the last chapter of this last book of the Bible. So, I'm going to ask you as we read the word of God in honor of his word, If you would stand as we read these verses together. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. And we run into this again immediately. The the meaning of Advent. Coming. Coming soon. 
So Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and I am the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come, whoever is thirsty. Are you thirsty this morning? Let him come. And whoever wishes, do you have wishes? For Christ will let him take the free gift of the water of life. Thank you, Lord, for these wonderful words. Words of life to us today on this Christmas Sunday. As we consider your word this morning for a few moments, Lord, speak through the messenger, hide him behind the cross, that today we would see none but the Jesus the Christ of the cross, the babe in a manger, the Messiah who gave his life for us all, that we might have life and have it abundantly. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I'm sure you're aware this morning, there are a lot of images that surround Christmas. I mean, just look at some of these images we have. We have the stable, the rustic stable, which is well, this isn't so rustic. This looks kind of cleaned up, I'd say. Uh, we have the manger. We have the, the animals in the barn. In the barn, We have the, the wise men, the shepherds. Um, all these images, Mary and Joseph, the father and the mother of Jesus. These images, they're so prominent in our minds. And, and every Christmas, it seems like we think about these images. Uh, when we started out the season... We had, the, we had the lighting of the greens, the hanging of the greens. Uh, we, we began to describe what all these images mean to us. Uh, what, what, what's the significance of these images? But, but it seems to me like over the years, I have found that one image, it kind of uh, stands often far and above beyond the others. And it's, it's a simple image of the, of the star. And when they saw the star, what did they do? They rejoiced with great joy. Uh, and we, we sing about this, this, this star, do we not? Uh, let's see, what's the song? Star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leaning, still proceeding. Guide us to thy perfect light. Yeah, I think that one is, uh, what, the We Three Kings? Who we're going to talk about a little bit this morning. So, so the star, this, this image, it pops out to me. And, and one of the things I find intriguing about the star is for centuries, I mean, for hundreds of years, uh, this star has, it's intrigued, it's, it's confused, it's baffled, it's, it's captured the attention of wise men, 
trying to figure out what this this star was. Some say it was a <laughs> some say it was a comet. Uh, some say it was a some kind of a a conjunction of planets. You know, the alignment of Jupiter's and Mars or or Venus and you know some kind of alignment. Uh, trying to figure it out. Science has tried to figure out just what this what was this star that was so magnificent. That three wise men, by the way, wise men probably suggest they're, they're pretty smart guys, right? Uh, they're the educated of the group. And these three wise men, they dropped everything to follow a star. Doesn't even make sense to a degree. Some kind of a supernova, an exploding star. I mean, the, the guesses are all over the map. So, so exactly what, what was this star? Well, the bottom line is, um, to me, the star has always been a sign or a symbol. Now, think of that. When you think about a sign, uh, you're driving down the freeway, right? Um, and you see a sign, merging traffic, right? Is the sign about itself? Look at my pretty colors. Look at the design. No, the... the the sign is pointing to something else. So when you think about a sign or a symbol, of which we have a lot in the church, think, think about a sign or a symbol always points beyond itself to something else. A sign never says, look at me. This is what, this is what the sign's all about, it's me. No, 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 no. The sign always says, look over there. What's going on over there? A sign and a symbol always points beyond itself. So when we look at this star, I, I, it, to me, it's a sign. It says, wake up, merging traffic. Uh, behold, he says, something's going on here. Pay attention. So the star, is a, it's a symbol. It, 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 a symbol. it, it, it points beyond itself. Um, it's, it's like, uh, let's say, communion next Sunday night as we share communion. We will take a little piece of styrofoam, which represents the body of Jesus. Now, how many just can't wait to have a bite of that styrofoam, huh? Man, oh man. Give me a loaf of bread and let me just rip a piece off and eat it. Amen? That's good enough for me. Uh, somehow we've reduced it to styrofoam. And then it's bad enough you can't even get the silly thing open. Everybody sits here. Why? That's why I talk so much when we begin. I want to give you ample time to open the thing. But when we take that bread and we take that cup, they're not about the bread and the wine. No, they're symbols of our faith. They stand for something that is so powerful. They point to Jesus, the Son of God. And what he did on the cross by giving his body and spilling his blood for our sin. Now, if you don't appreciate that, you'll never receive salvation. God gave his one and only son to die on a cross for you. And some people will never appreciate that. But until you humble yourself and say, whoa, I get it. This God who made everything came to me in a baby. He, he became, he put on flesh. 
the Spirit put on flesh to identify with me so in everything I deal with, he knows. He been there. He got the t-shirt. Been there, done that. So what are you going through today? Well, he knows about it. He knows about it. So, welcome to humanity. Jesus, who knew no sin, became our sin that you and I might become the expression of God's righteousness. Wow, what a powerful name it is. So it is with the star of Bethlehem. It's not about itself. Rather, um, it points beyond itself, just like the emblems of communion. It points to the body and the, the blood of Christ. And um, So think with me just for a moment about the stars. Um, have you ever uh, been in awe? I mean, as you stood in pitch dark blackness, maybe on a mountaintop at night, or maybe out in the desert, and you looked up to the sky, and, and you were in awe because of what you saw. Anybody want to testify there? I mean, my land. And, and at times, I mean, it's so beautiful, it looks like there's more white than there is dark. Millions of stars, billions of stars, flood the sky. And now we that live in the city, I mean, the closer you get to Sin City, like oh, Las Vegas or Boise, I don't know. <laughs> the closer you get to those places where there's a lot of street signs, a plethora of street lights. Just thought I'd throw out that word and, you know, impress you. Plethora. If you, if you don't know what it means, um, uh, watch A Princess Bride or... Something like that. You'll figure it out. Uh, yes. Uh, what is it? The Three Amigos. Thank you very much. Hefe, would you say we have a plethora of piñatas? <laughs> See where you took me? You should have never gone there. It's, whoever said that, it's your fault. The, the stars in the sky, I mean, if they, don't, if they don't put your spirit in your mind in a sense of overwhelming awe, you might be dead already. I don't know. It's incredible. Even at my house, which is just a couple miles from here, there's not a light, a lot of light around me. I'm far enough from the, the great metropolis of Homedale. I still get to see the stars. And some days I'll, I'll tell Linda, man, come out. You got to come out. Look at the stars tonight. They're just, Poof! they're beautiful. Psalm chapter 8, there's David. King David, he, he's sitting out, staring at the skies, and he's overcome with awe. And here's what he says. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what is, what am, who am I, God? Who, who is man that you are even mindful of him? David was overwhelmed. He knew that the ferment of the, the the ferment of his handiwork, it declares God is alive. God has done something. Amen. And you stand in awe of these things that we can't explain. Even today with all the stuff we got, we still don't understand all the worlds that are out there in the, in the heavens. David didn't need that. He was overwhelmed and, and in awe. I, I think we've all experienced that, have we not? High in the mountains or in the desert, the overwhelming sight of a star or the stars. 
majesty of God's handiwork. David says, your fingers, I see them at work in, in the heavens. Well, think about these wise men for a moment, would you? Let the wise men enter a story for a moment. Um, these guys, we call them magi from the east, right? Magi. magi. They're, they're, they're astrologers. These guys study the stars. They, they look at the constellations and they, they study them. They notice the, there's order to them. They notice the movements of them. They, they, they kind of know that you can, you can plan your trip out to sea by these stars. Follow them. Follow the, you, you got an eye. They're kind of like a map. So, so these guys who study the star patterns and, and they notice there's an order to God's creation. Something's going on here. They don't understand. But all of a sudden, something now is out of order. Whoa, 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 whoa. What was that? What was that? And when they saw the star, they rejoiced. Now, you've got to ask the question, why did they rejoice? <laughs> These guys are probably pagans from Babylonia. And yet they saw the star and they're going, Woo, did you see that? Look at that over there. And when they saw the star, they followed the star. They were so intrigued by what they saw. It was so stark, so pronounced. One star out of the billions showed up and they go, Whoa, dude, something's going on there. What is that? When they saw the star, they followed it. They were so excited about what they saw. Now, I don't think there's any question. These guys are keenly aware of some of the Old Testament scriptures. You remember the Old Testament story. Whenever God's people, they'd kind of go off the deep end. They'd start following other gods. They'd, they'd follow Baal here, and they'd, they'd follow that god there, and they'd turn their back on God. They'd create their own gods. Well, God would say, look, I, I've had enough, you guys. It's, it's, time for, it's time for some time out. You're going to the corner, Right? Anybody ever know what I'm talking about right there? You ever spend any time in the corner as a kid? It's called discipline, right? It's called discipline. I hate to tell you how my mom used to discipline us boys. Used to be like in a 56 station wagon. You know, in those days we didn't have seatbelts. And my mom found out that brakes were a pretty good disciplinary measure. You kids that have never known anything but plastic dashes, you don't know. You don't have a clue what a steel dash will do to a guy's nose. Yeah, mom was pretty creative in those days. They never called it abuse, they called it discipline. <laughs> All right, I'm kind of joking, but not really. Uh, God would tell his people, if you don't shape up, there's going to be a time out, be a time for discipline. And if they didn't show up, he often would scatter them. We know about the Babylonian captivity. Daniel was alive at that time. And the prophecies of these guys like Daniel, who stood before the king and the other magi, the other wise men, who gave counsel and advice, they were advisors. And the king would say, I need some advice. Gather the wise guys. And the guy, wise guys would come and, and they would begin to give their prophecies and their ideas. And, and Daniel kind of rose to the top. Do you not remember Daniel? God gave him wisdom beyond himself. And so these, these wise magi, they had heard the stories and the prophecies of Daniel. 
And, and they had the Old Testament. They had the Torah, the law of God. These, these Hebrews, when they were into captivity with the Babylonians, later on the Persians when they captured them, all these guys were exposed to the Old Testament because the Hebrews were dedicated to the Scriptures. They'd put them on their foreheads and tie them on their arms. They would memorize them just like they do today. In fact, most of the kids, when they were young, they already had the most of the Old Testament memorized by the time they were a teenager. The entire Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, they had the whole thing memorized. Talking about Bible quizzing, huh? Don't mess with these Hebrews. And of course, every single pagan who owned a slave or a Hebrew, they heard the scripture being read in their own homes. So there's Daniel during the exile. And they've heard, for instance, catch this one. I mean, out of the law of Moses, Numbers twenty four seventeen. A star will come out of Jacob. Can you, can, you, can you just catch it when Daniel's reading the Old Testament in front of the sages and the magi, the wise men? And he's reading the book out loud. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. Even the book of Genesis Chapter 49, I mean verse 10 if you want it. It specifies the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he comes to whom it belongs and the obedience of the nations is now his. Woo-hoo. And these wise men are going, wait, 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 wait. You guys believe there's a star that's going to be coming out of the skies and, and, and it has to do with a ruler? A ruler? Uh, his scepter will be with him and he will rule the nations. These guys were already educated in the law of Moses. They weren't some kind of idiots just glibly following some crazy star. No, they were, they were full of anticipation and expectation. Do you get the picture? Just what we try to do today by lighting these candles to say, Oh, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, come quickly, but may I be ready for your coming. So the star, it, it was, it was symbolic, um, of the ruler who was to come. And it's rather easy to see how these, these magi would be looking for a sign. Huh? They study the stars and they go, okay, guys, if what these Hebrews is saying, there's going to be a star, if I understand what he's reading, what Daniel is saying, there's going to be a star. And remember, Daniel, he's been pretty spot on. So, now, um, you put these two things together. The Old Testament scripture and the star. You marry these two puppies and you got a story. You got a story. So now back to the star. Um, Matthew makes it clear. Um, Matthew makes it clear that this is not just any old plain star. This is a special, this is a miraculous star full of miracle and mystery. We don't understand it. Something's going on here that we cannot quite identify, but we know God's promised it. It's in his word. So just put on your boots, put on your seatbelt, and let's go. We'll, we'll figure this out as we go along. And so it's a miraculous sign. It's, it's a miraculous symbol sent by God to make an announcement. Behold, 
A Savior is born. Follow the star. These guys have been prepped. In fact, in Matthew chapter 2, the scripture that Zach read to us this morning, verse 7, we read that Herod himself, the king, he demanded to know exactly when the star was to appear. And of course, he lied. He said, so I can go, you go find him, and then I can worship him too. Well, we all knew that was a lie. He was going to kill the Son of God because he was going to be a ruler. And there was too much hoopla going on around this star. And even Herod knew it, and he demanded of these wise men, you guys go, and then you tell me, come back, report to me, so I too can go, liar, huh, liar. So this, this uh, was a miraculous moment. So think of this, and, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. The timing was miraculous. In fact, but Paul tells the church in Galatia, it's kind, of, it's kind of like a pregnancy kind of a scripture. When the time had fully come. Well, well, what happens after nine months, ladies? When the time had fully come. Something's going to be burst. So, so now, the time is pregnant. It's ready to explode. I mean, th- this is not going to be a C-section. This is going to be an explosion. Something's going on here that's miraculous. And the timing, by the way, have you ever heard the phrase, timing is everything? By the way, did you all know we had a baby boy born this last week? I I think it was uh, seven pounds. This isn't part of my sermon. Um, So you can't, you got, somebody's got to put the time clock on stop. By the way, I don't have a timer today, do I? Woo-hoo! Oh, Sorry, I do. She just raised her flag. All right. Well, I'm ahead of myself, so let's see. Does anybody know the, the baby's name? Huh? That's right. It's Troy. Troy. Seven pounds, is that right? I got it here somewhere. Oh, here it is. Okay, here it is. I got it. Troy Nolan Light. Seven pounds, 11 ounces. Ooh, are you, re- you ready for this one? Talking about being pregnant? 20 inches and a half long. Yeah. 12.19, 7.59 a.m. An explosion occurred, and everybody rejoiced. And I've already been asked, hey, first Sunday we're in church, can we dedicate the baby? I said, you bet, Bubby, but I'd, I'd love nothing better. Dedicating a baby to Jesus. But you understand the timing, huh? Timing is everything. And the scripture says when the time was fully pregnant, when it was full, God sent his son into the world. Not only the timing, but think about the movement of the star. Now, you got a star that's standing out and above all the rest. Now, what's the first star that shines in in the night every night? The North Star. Sure. We can see it here from our river. See it every night. The North Star just pops up. So you see it right away. But here's a special star. It's, it's got an anointing on it. It's sent by God. And not only is the timing perfect, everything is set up, which we won't even go into why, what that means theoretically. But, but man, when, when you think about the movement of the star, you think of this. They saw the star. They followed the star. It stopped. It went again. It stopped. It went again. It stopped. It went again. And it kept doing that until it wound up right in, on top on top of 
Bethlehem in the manger, on the manger scene, to point out Jesus. So it's movement miraculous. In fact, Matthew 2.9, Zach again, it, it, it's, it gives exact place, guided them literally to the stable. You, you tell me that's not miraculous. And then what about the place? Do you not know that the uh, Micah, in his fifth chapter, he, he prophesied literally, and Matthew picks up on it. The Magi know this. The place has been foretold to be Bethlehem in the land of Judea or Judah. So don't mess with the star of Bethlehem. You think you're a smart scientist? I don't know if you're a smart scientist listening to this theologian on the platform. Uh, you're not going to figure out this star, and I'll tell you why. Because it's miraculous. You're not big enough. You're not smart enough. This is God's star. Don't mess with God's star. You just receive God's star and say, okay. <laughs> There's a reason we call it a miracle. It's because I can't explain it. Yoo-hoo. Welcome to my world. Miracle, we call it. Mystery, we call it. It's God's star. Some kind of star alignment. <laughs> I'd like to use the phrase, I laugh in your face. Some kind of a comment. Some kind of a gathering of Mars and Jupiter. No, 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 no. This star is it's big enough to be a mystery and a miracle at the same time. By the way, no big deal for a God who created the universe, Amen. who threw it all out there, he who measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breath of his hand, Isaiah says, marked off the heavens, the spans, who brings out the starry hosts one by one, and he calls them by name. Uh, on Don or on Blitzed on... No, no, that's the wrong names. He names them. God names the stars. The billions of stars. Look, my kids have... Uh, they got about 30 llamas and 20 horses. I don't know how they do it. They've got the, every name of every horse and llama down to a, to a T. And I go, how do you remember all these names? I can't even remember the names of my kids and my grandkids. But God names the stars. He's meted out heaven with the width or the breadth of his hand. That's the God we serve. No wonder why we sing this powerful name of Jesus. So now we come to the last chapter. The last chapter of the book of Revelation we've been reading. We come to these verses, verse 16. And we have this personal testimony of Jesus, the Son of God, the Lion of Judah, the great I am that I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. He calls himself by name, Jesus, which means, by the way, he shall save his people from their sins. And what is the last image? What is the last image that Jesus leaves us in his last words, in his last chapter of the last book of the Bible? He says... I am the bright, brilliant, morning star. So, I just want to make a suggestion. This year for Christmas, what do you say we just simply have faith? 
follow the star. He is the star. Everything you read in this Bible is about him. He's the star of the program. There's nothing bigger than Jesus. And every sign and every symbol points right to him. He is the very son of God who came to earth, gave up all his rights as God, died on a cross, became obedient to death, even death on a cross, that he should be given the name that is above every name. He's the star, Jesus, the Christ. And just in case you don't know it, John introduces him as, well, the one that God sent because he loved, he loved you so much. God gave his one and only star, Jesus, to die on a cross that whoever would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting life. So what do you say? Take faith in the star, Jesus. He is not a way to God, by the way. He is the only way. He is not a way to heaven. The scripture says either this is true or it's a lie. This says he's the only way to heaven. So my friend, if you're looking for life, I know you're already living. I know a lot of people wonder, is there, is there life after death? Some people want to know if there's life after birth. Well, there is. His name is Jesus. Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Anyone who comes to me, to the Father, must go through me. Go to Jesus. Follow the star. That's what this is all about today, following the star. Now, we're going to close the service this morning in... Um, taking these little candles and lighting them. We're going to try to do this as quickly as we can. So what I say, what do you say? I just have a volunteer from each section here. You want a volunteer? Oh, come on up, Pat. Come on. And guys, and you just light a candle. And then once you light a candle, um, you take it and give it to somebody else. And let's just start lighting them, okay? Anybody else want to volunteer? Dathan, you want to come up and grab one? I need some candle lighters. Just start going all over the, the sanctuary. And while we're doing this, now you've got to turn around and light somebody else's candle. Light somebody else's candle. And you start singing with me, would you? Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Yea, Lord, we greet thee on this happy morning. O Jesus, to Thee be all glory given. Word of the Father. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. O come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord.
Lord, we are so grateful today for what it means to us in this moment that God had a plan. And that plan is so beautiful. And in spite of all we've done to mess it up, God, you, you still say, I gave my son because I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. So I just encourage you to follow my son. Lord, today we want to follow the star that leads us to Jesus, who is the light of the world. Bring your light into our lives today in a way we've never seen before. Lord, you've promised us if we would read this entire book of Revelation, you'd bring us a blessing. Lord, what is that blessing today you have for the church? We would recognize it and give you praise for your blessings in our life. For we know that you are the giver of every good gift. So now, Lord, as we gather with family and friends, or even if we're alone tomorrow morning, as we get up and we acknowledge that this is the day we've chosen to remember that God gave his only son for us, And he came incognito, the incarnation of God, in a way that no one would recognize. But if we will receive him, as many as did, he gave them the right to become the sons and daughters of God. So Lord, today, as you knock on our hearts, we receive you. Even in a brand new way, those of us who have walked with you for years, enlighten us with new mysteries of the gospel and of the person and the work and the nature of Jesus in our lives. And now, Lord, as we go today, we go in faith believing that you, O Christ, you walk with us because you have come and we follow you. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you for joining today's sermon podcast. You can find a copy of today's sermon as well as other sermons and the sermon outline from today on our church's website, www.mvcnaz.org. It is my prayer also that you will seek out a church home that recognizes the authority of the Bible.